Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for small business owners by small business owners who are here to share their expertise, their thoughts, their knowledge, and to help us all grow and prosper with our own businesses. I hope you've got pen and paper ready because it's going to be a good one today, guys. Today, we're talking with Suzanne Doyle Ingram. She's the president's president of Prominence Publishing and is a best-selling author of seven books. She has written or co-written a total of 16 books. She has also helped hundreds of business professionals get published by bringing together the collaborative efforts of experts in various fields that contribute to one book on a specific topic. Suzanne has had tremendous success with this model. In addition, she also coaches and trains individuals and existing authors on how to not only write and publish a book, but how to use that book as leverage to increase their visibility open doors for speaking engagements, grow their brand and business, and so much more. She's going to be speaking with us today about how becoming a published author can benefit your business. Welcome, Suzanne. Well, thank you so much for having me, Nancy. I'm really excited to to talk with you. I've had a book that's been in one stage or another for probably five years. (laughs) Oh, yes. I've heard that many times. (laughs) And it's still not where I can, you know, get it out there. And I just keep saying, I just want this done. (laughs) You know, you, you say that you've heard that a lot of times. What do you tell people that are, that are in this whole phase of things? Well, that's a great question. Gosh, there's probably millions and millions of people in the world who have a book that's about 70 or 80 or 90% done. And I think you, you, one of the things you have to ask yourself is, what's stopping me from doing this? And people say it's time and it's this and it's that, but a lot of times it's fear. And uh, I realized that over the years where I kept thinking, I kept seeing clients sort of stopping themselves. And I kept thinking, what are they doing? Just get it done. And then I thought, oh, wait a second. They're afraid of putting themselves out there. It's a very vulnerable feeling to say to the world, here it is. It's like, you know, putting your unmentionables on the clothesline right in front of your house and have all your neighbors see it, you know. I think the, the best thing for you, for anyone in that position to do is just ask yourself one thing why am I writing this book? So start with that and go back to what your original reason was for writing the book and literally write it down. I'm writing this book because I want to share my message with the world. I want to help people, whatever your why is. And then think about, okay, imagine the book was done. If the book was done, what would I do with this book? How would it change things for me if my book was done? And sometimes that can be enough of a reason to get it done. And as a matter of fact, Nancy, I have a, I have a course on udemy.com called how to finally finish writing your book. And I will give you a coupon that makes the course totally free for your listeners. And you can somehow maybe put it in the show notes or something like that. So if anybody wants that course, I'll give it to you for free and it'll help you. Hopefully it'll help you finally finish writing your book. Well, and you know, thank you so much. I think that's wonderful. And I will be the first one to take advantage of it. But for me, 
I, I don't think it's fear because I really want it out there. For me, it's like, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. I got it in pieces. It's yes. here. It's there. It's everywhere. And whenever I talk to anyone who's a publisher, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to cost me $15,000 to no. get this out there. And I, I can't do it. So it keeps getting put to the back because yes. I don't have the money yes. to do it. Well, don't spend $15,000 publishing it for sure. So here's, I know what the problem is. I'm I'm the doctor and I'm diagnosing you right now. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) You didn't start with the end in mind. That's what I teach all my clients. Okay. So I love to get people coming to me before they start writing their book because it's so frustrating for people like you that may have 40 or 50 or 60,000 words written, but they're, it, it's all over the place. So when you're starting to write your book, you've got to start with a whole bunch of foundational pieces that I teach about, you know, who are you writing your book for? What is it that you want them to think, to do, and to feel? Really know your audience and what you want your book to do for you, what you want your book to do for the audience. Then you write your outline and you have a very, very detailed outline and you get really, really clear on what this book is. So when you have ideas come to you, you can literally take that idea and go, Hmm, let me think if this fits in with my outline for this book. No, it doesn't. Okay, well, it's going to go over here in my notebook about other, called the, the notebook's called other great ideas that don't fit in with this book. You know, and then you but you once you've got your outline, then you write your book, and it's so easy to write your book from that solid outline. And I think you might have missed that step, or maybe you have an outline, but you just written other bits and pieces and that's the hardest thing to do and that's why publishers will tell you it's going to cost 15,000 because they have to sort through it all and figure out what is she trying to say here but if you just start with the outline at the beginning and you know and then you're in control and it's all just like it's like baking something in the kitchen you can't you have to start with the ingredients all measured out and then put them all together it's, it's in, you know step by step yeah. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's well, what I think the problem is. Yeah. It, well, it's wonderful, and I know it's helpful for other people. My particular issue is that I had the outline, I have the book written, and then I got a partner who is a technical engineer, and the book is a workbook on okay. how to start and run a small business. Great. That's what I do, you know? Good, yeah. So the words and all of that are all there. But then I I brought on this partner who actually was to create the actual workbook part of it. Okay. You know, where where you've got fill in the blanks and you've got all of these kinds of things. Yeah. Well, she was supposed to take those and put them into the different chapters where they belonged right okay perfectly simple as far as i knew well what wound up happening was she got busy and she Mm -hmm. didn't see this as being as important as i saw it yes yes and months after it was supposed to be back to me she throws me these bits and pieces of workbook stuff and now i have to take them and figure out where they go mm-hmm. you know and i'm just going that's why i hired you yeah. <laughs> you know i know i know, just, I know. Uh, well, that's just you know what that's just a bit of a speed bump when you if you were to look at it and realistically say okay i do this thing called time budgeting where i, I look at the million things i have on my to-do list and i get really overwhelmed sometimes and then i go okay literally how long would this task take me and this task 
That literally might only take you one hour to do that. You've got your worksheets. If they're, if they're like an image, an image, like, uh, like a picture, make it into a picture. And then you just stick it in and like go file insert and stick in the worksheet wherever it needs to go. And, and then, and then you win. Then you don't have to carry the story like, Oh, this person kind of, uh, ruined everything for me or whatever, you know, like then, then you, then you have a book. And if that's the only thing that's stopping you, just get that done, Nancy. Yeah. And that helps me. That helps me. That gives me the motivation and, you know, and all that. But I know I've talked to so many people that Mm -hmm. are, well, I want to write a book. And, and I've got a client who had signed up with somebody to go into one of these. I'm writing a chapter for this book. You know, you okay. talk about doing that. As yeah. Well. And, mm-hmm. you know, she did pay all this money to this person and had spent hours and hours and hours writing her chapter. And then the whole book fell Oh, no. So now she's got this bitter taste in her mouth. I'm not going to do this again. Yeah. This is what, yeah. And I just, I I think it's really important to show your expertise, to show your knowledge, to get your name out there. And, you know, people are all talking about, well, my book or my whatever became you know, a bestseller on the Amazon list within the first two hours of it being published. Mm. Yay. But then the next person says, well, mine didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And they get all upset and frustrated. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about expectations. Why does someone write a book? What are the reasons and what can you expect when you do? Okay, well, that's a great question because I have a kind of a different philosophy about that. Most people write books because they want to sell books. They write a book and they, they put it on Amazon and then they go, Oprah Winfrey's going to phone them and they're going to have to redo their front lawn because they're going to have so many news trucks showing up on their doorstep. But it doesn't work that way. And so I think that when you have the attitude of, um, okay, I'm going to write a book and here's how I'm going to use this book to get more visibility and exposure for myself. I always say, don't think about selling books, but you think about using the book to sell you. So if your book becomes a bestseller on Amazon, that's great. That's fine. But just put a single dollar in your pocket. I mean, it might put $40 in your pocket, but it doesn't put that much money in your pocket. So you, you, I think people shouldn't be put that much emphasis on, on becoming a bestseller on Amazon. And it's kind of hypocritical or ironic for me to say that because one of the things I do for a living is to help people get bestsellers on Amazon. But I always say to them from the get go, why does this matter to you? In many cases, it doesn't matter. Like for example, someone who's a chiropractor who writes a book in my program and they, what they want is, you know, this is what you've got to do is figure out why you want a book. So if this chiropractor wants a book because they want to be able to sell the book in their clinic to their patients and they want to be able to give a copy of their book out to new patients as a thank you for joining their clinic and they want to be able to do talks around town just locally and have books on display. That's for credibility and authority. And it doesn't matter at all what's happening on Amazon for that person. You know, it, it, the, the whole Amazon bestseller thing too, it doesn't mean, oh, this number of people love me and they all think I'm great. I mean, it's just a matter of a whole bunch of people buying your book at the same time on the same day becomes a bestseller on Amazon. And sure, that title of best-selling author is an asset that you will have forever. And there is weight to that for sure. I'm not knocking it. I totally believe that it's better to be able to say, 
I'm a best-selling author, then I'm someone who wrote a book. I mean, it is. But it depends on what your goals are with what you want your book to do for you. In many, many cases, just having a book can open so many doors for you. It can get you speaking engagements. It can get you connections with people that you wouldn't other, they wouldn't otherwise even look at you if you didn't have a book. So the main thing is knowing why you're writing a book and what you want your book to do for you and being really honest with yourself about it. Because sometimes it's really about you know, making your dad proud of you or your kids or creating a legacy. You know, there's, I've worked with people who like one elderly gentleman, he was 82 years old and he wrote a story about uh, working and the logging industry. And it was about 400 pages long and it never was going to be a bestseller, but it's actually in the Saskatchewan library of archives because it was a really actually historically relevant book for that time in Saskatchewan. So everyone's story matters to someone. <laughs> so I, I'm so passionate about writing books and getting it out there and not trying to make everything perfect and not worrying about anybody else things and, and just being able to get published for whatever your reasons are is, is really important. Yeah. You know, I know the podcast is not um, video, it's just audio, but you can see you, we see each other and you can see behind my shoulder, there's a, a, picture frame on the wall that has yes. a picture of a man on it yes that was my father oh nice and he wrote this book wow. that was all about his time during world war ii wow and i mean you know it was that's how it was published we took it to kinko's and made copies of it. yeah back in the day <laughs> but yeah but i mean everybody in this town knows about my dad's book. It is in the public library. It is in the Michigan um, archives. It is everywhere. And my dad was so proud. He carried one of those with him everywhere he went. Oh, good. He shared it with everybody that he came in contact to, whether he knew him or not. He says, here's my book. Read it. Oh. <laughs> it was so important to him and yeah. you know that's really I want and I think most of the people I talk with that that want to write a book it's not because they're going to make millions of dollars they're not Stephen King they're not yeah exactly not one of these people they want it because they want the recognition my dad loved the fact that people came up to him and said, oh, Cliff, I want to read your book. I heard you wrote a book. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He just was so proud and, and yeah. all of that. And and I know for me, I want to be able to share my expertise. I want to be able to help you yes. as a person starting a business. Yes not take so long, not have it so difficult. I want you to be able to figure out what it is you want to do with your life and your business. And that's what's yes. important. I know I'm not going to make a million dollars. I mean, how often does somebody really earn legitimate money when they publish a book? Well, you know what? When you look at what your average customer value is, let's say, for example, you're a business coach and you, have a, you put out your book and you use that book 
to get a new client. A new client is worth $5,000 a year to you. What if you got 20 new clients as a result of that book? That's an extra $100,000 you got as a result of that book. Who cares about the book sales? If you use your, your book to get new clients, whether it's an online course or it's coaching or you're a dentist or whatever you are, your book can make you a million dollars, but not in book sales. And I feel like I'm yelling that from the mountaintops every single day. People will go, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. The money's not in the book sales. No, it's not. I, for nine years, published a magazine. Yeah. Not the same thing, but similar, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was articles from people all around the world that had written and put their articles in the magazine. And I was in Barnes and Nobles. I was in local bookstores in three different cities. And I had people coming to me and said, oh, I want a copy of your magazine. Guess what? I think it made half of what it costs to print it every month. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But I got people talking about me. Yeah, it's perception, right? The perception is very different from reality. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. It's so fun. Yeah, and still today, I haven't published the magazine in three years. And still Mm -hmm. today, I'm talking about the magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, so I think that you're absolutely right. One of the things I tell my business clients when they're starting out is you need to have an idea of what you want. Yes. Why are you doing something? Why are you putting yourself through all the frustrations and the joys and, you know, the work and everything that it takes to be in business? Why are you doing that? And I get really frustrated when people say, well, I want freedom. I want, you know, those are all part of it, but they don't really dig down deep into the, what's the real truth about why you're doing this? Because if it's for freedom and you're serious, you ain't going to have much freedom, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're going to be working 12 hours a day. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's to make a lot of money, good luck with that, at least in the beginning. Yeah. You know, there's, there's gotta be a, a deeper reason for this. And if you don't have that, then stop everything, hit the brakes. You know, I see pictures of, of the Flintstones and they're putting their feet down on the ground. Yeah. 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 You know, I I see that. Do that guys, because you gotta have a goal and you're so right. Why are you writing this book? Yeah. You know, you gotta have a reason for that because if you don't, and I love the saying that if you don't know where you're going, any place will get you there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. And I wrote a book. Yeah. So what? It's on my computer. It's, yeah. not, you know, it's not done. Where do I want to take it from here? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's almost, it almost becomes a crutch. It almost becomes, you know, you say, well, I've written a book. I just don't have it published yet. Yeah. So, so you give yourself permission. I think sometimes, how do you get around those kinds of things? 
Well, one thing I wanted to mention, just to go back to one thing you said before, I got—I don't want to forget to say this. When when people say they get to that stage where they've written a book, they don't know what to do, and they kind of look around for publishers. I wanted to touch on that because you said you mentioned um, someone you know that went with a publisher, and then the publisher dropped the ball, and they lost all their money or something. So that happens a lot. I hear about it a lot. I get clients coming to me because that's happened to them, and I pick up the pieces, but. I think it's really important to research who you're going to be doing business with and call their references and look at their, all their testimonials and especially if they have video testimonials, but literally phone references because it's sometimes it's thousands of dollars. I mean, there are people who do what I do that charge $70,000. I lost a client recently because I quoted how much it would be to work with me and we, we got farther along. We had a second phone call with his wife and with, one of my team members and we were on the zoom call together. And then I told him what the price was again. And then he said to me, well, I don't know. It seems a bit fishy. And I said, what, what's fishy? And he said, well, I've went to two other companies and they both quoted me around $70,000, which was way, way, way more than I quoted him. And so I lost the job because of that. Cause he thought I was too cheap. And I'm like, what the heck? So, um, I don't know. I don't know what someone would do for you for $70,000, honestly, other than, you know, take, take send money. you to the store for a week. I mean, I don't know. But um, so my point is really, really look at who you want to do business with and who, how they treat you. And are you just a number or are you part of the family and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, now I forget what your question was. <laughs> I don't remember either, but that's okay. I'll come up with some more. Something <laughs> about, I don't know, getting, um, I'm I don't want to hear again that someone paid a publisher thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and then doesn't have anything to show for it. I've heard it over and over and over again. And you can hear it in my voice, how upset it makes me. And, and it's, it's, well, <laughs> I can't even talk now. It's just <laughs> makes our industry look bad. And so do your homework. Don't just get star-eyed like oh a publisher wants me no they want your money in most cases if they're going to be running off with it and not doing what they said they're going to do so please do your homework and really look at who you're getting into business with you know and ask yourself let's say they quote you fifteen thousand dollars how are you going to make fifteen thousand dollars back besides the book sales imagine you don't sell any books the average business book only sells 200 copies so you're a, success, you're a success if you sell 201 or more copies. So how can you use your book to get new clients? Know what your client value is. Know how much you're going to like say, okay, well, I'm going to get, make goals for yourself. Once you get the book done, I hate to tell you, but that's when the work begins. All the juicy stuff happens after you have a book. You don't just sit around and wait for the checks to come in. You do the work then. So that's the hard part for some people too. And I, I teach people on how to get on podcasts like we're doing right now and how to get yourself out there and how to get book to speak and all this stuff. And it all comes from having a book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not the question I asked before, cause I don't remember what it was, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, people talk about, and, and I would like an explanation because I don't necessarily understand the differences. And so I know other people don't either. Um, they talk about self-publishing. Yes. What is self-publishing? What is it that you do that's different than self-publishing? And what is it where I would send it off to one of these big New York firms that, you know, 
whatever, whatever, how, random house or whatever. You okay, know. yeah. What are, yeah. What are the differences? Okay. So imagine a horizontal line, and on one end of the line, there's traditional publishing, and all the way over in the other line, there's self-publishing. And then in between, there's all these kind of what are now being called hybrid publishers. So the traditional publishing, like Random House and Penguin, um, a lot of people, that's what they aspire to have. Like They really want a traditional publisher to publish them. So first of all, you need at least a million followers on social media for them to even look at you. You have to be kind of a household name. Dr. Oz or you know Oprah or Susie Orman or somebody like that. And the reason for that is because they want to make money off of you. It doesn't matter if you have the greatest book that's ever been written in the entire world. If no one knows who you are, they will not take you as a client. So there's that. Also, let's say they do take you as a client, you really won't make any money from the book at all. They take almost all the money. You might make 10%. So there's that. Then all the way over on the self-publishing part, self-publishing has come a long, long way, and it's an excellent way to get your book on Amazon nowadays. You can totally do it yourself. Um, as long as you make sure that you hire an editor and a professional typesetter and a professional cover designer because you don't want to look like an amateur. You don't want to look like you went to Kinko's, right? Because that doesn't make you look good at all. And in fact, it might lower your credibility or your perceived credibility in the marketplace. So you really want to make sure that it's professional, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with self-publishing anymore. And I do recommend it because the fastest way to get your book out there and to retain the rights to your book. So then that leaves me with the middle guys like my company and other people that do what I do. They say, Hey, you give us your manuscript and we'll get it on Amazon for you. And there's a variety of different ways that they do it. But basically that's what it is, right? They do the interior typesetting and the, you know, the layout and the, the headers on the page numbers. And that reminds me, I saw somebody's book they did themselves recently and they forgot to put page numbers on it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it was terrible. It was so badly done. And then some of that can include like, we'll also make it a bestseller on Amazon. We're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. So when you're looking at one of those companies, one of the main things you want to look at is the price, obviously, but also if you will retain the rights to your book. I let my authors have 100% rights to the book and all the royalties. And part of it's because I'm lazy. <laughs> I, I well, also because I think that is their right to have the right to their book. And I don't, I'm not in it for ego. I'm not like, oh, Providence Publishing has published 9,000 books now. I won't just want to help them get on Amazon the best way possible for them. And so I also don't want it to go through my company because I don't want to be writing hundreds of checks every month for, you know, $70 or something because they're not going to have a lot of book sales. If they do it right, they won't have a lot of book sales, which I know that sounds funny, but it goes back to what I was saying before is I want them to say to me, which happens all the time, they're like, oh my gosh, I just got the $1,500 speaking gig, you know, and some people listening might think, oh, that's not very good. Well, it's $1,500 more than they had the day before. So I think it is pretty good, you know? Yeah. So also, again, just looking at, uh, so if you're going to retain the rights to your book, if you're going to get the royalties to your book, um, don't be like like starstruck by, you know, like somebody like, you know, one of my clients went with Balboa Press. Lots of people go with Balboa Press. And once you get on their list, they phone you almost every day and say, oh, hi, it's your publishing consultant calling you. And they get all excited. Like, oh, they want me. Well, they want your money. <laughs> and they also don't give you all your rights and your royalties. Or they may give you the rights, but you don't get, you don't make very much money. So people have left there and come to me. There's, but that what I'm saying is I'm not the only game in town. There's thousands of people that do what I do that are as good as me, 
if not better, and that are that are ethical and honest. So you just have to do your research and check references. And I, I beg you to check references because there's a lot of bad guys out there too. And it makes me so mad because a lot of my, my clients don't have millions of dollars. I mean, they're small business owners. They have a certain budget. And, and if someone comes to me, by the way, and they don't really have a business in place, I won't take their money because I know they're not going to make that money back. I feel like it's my responsibility to help them get their book on Amazon and then push them to make that money back by getting new clients. Yeah, that, that just makes so much sense. And the whole reference thing, uh, across the board, you know, there are business consultants, there are coaches, there's everybody under the sun out there that are, are hyping themselves and saying, oh, you have to do what I tell you to do and you're going to be super, super rich. And then yeah, overnight. Days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've fallen into that trap too, where I've paid hundreds of dollars yes. and gotten sat back and said, well, this is the same thing I teach to other people. Yes. You know, <laughs> How, how am I getting anything out of any of this? Because they had a good sales pitch. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's because I didn't do my, you know, due diligence. Yeah. I didn't yeah. do my research. When, I'm, I'm going to shift us just a little bit, and, and I'm not really sure where this conversation will go, but over the last few months, and and I know this for a fact because I'm one of them, I have started to focus more on women business owners who have some form of chronic illness. Now, I work with people who are blind. I work with people who have other physical challenges. But I'm, when I say chronic illnesses, I'm talking about people that have fibromyalgia, that mm -hmm. have Crohn's, that have you know, the hidden diseases, but that are extremely painful. And, yes. and um, one of the things that I, I talk about in my programs now is I am dead set on becoming a serious, successful business owner, but all I want to do today is take a nap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Um, how, how does that affect or does it affect somebody who's trying to write a book? I have a few people in my program right now that are living with disabilities. And so this is something that comes up for sure. And I think that the most important thing is for you to be patient with yourself and not compare yourself to anybody else. You know, sometimes people say, well, how does Natalie, how has she written 10 books? That's just amazing. You know, and I, I wish I could be more like her, but you're not Natalie, <laughs> you're you. So I teach time budgeting and for some people, they are able to spend an hour every day writing your book. But for other people, I say to them, spend one hour a week writing your book, you know, put it on your calendar. And if that, like, let's say, for example, you put five one hour blocks on your calendar and you see it coming up and you're going, mm, not today. That's okay. Give yourself grace. Say today's not the day. It's okay. Because little by little, you will get your book written. It might take a year. It might take two years. You might surprise yourself and get it done in six months. But if you have a plan and you're patient with yourself and, and give yourself kindness, not beat yourself up like it isn't done yet and I'm so slow and I'm so stupid. No, you know what? I'm doing the best that I can. 
with what I have. So I really feel like that's, that's one of the best things you can do for yourself. But there's other ways to get your book written too. Like as long as you have your outline, which I'm a stickler about, you can speak your book into a recording device and get it transcribed very inexpensively nowadays. Don't get a person to do it, get a machine to do it. And then you just rewrite that because it obviously the way you speak isn't exactly how you write, but, but many books written in a conversational tone are, are more attractive, I think, than highly academic ones. They say you're supposed to write at about a fifth grade level anyway, so don't try to make it too academic. So for people living in chronic pain or with disabilities, I've worked with lots of them. You can absolutely write a book, but you just have to be patient with yourself. Yeah, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And and I think it's so true. And and um, my main disability is nerve damage in my leg. And I'm in a wheelchair. I, you know, I have problems I can't stand. And um, two years ago, I was getting out of the shower Christmas Eve and uh, fell. My leg just oh, came no. out and I fell. And I landed on my hands and knees and immediately my and of course it's my left leg and so immediately my right wrist oh <laughs> inside of my body right started to swell up it turned black and blue it just got horribly horribly painful and it was like nine o'clock in the morning when this happened my husband didn't get home from work until nine o'clock that evening oh Took no me to the emergency room at that point in the I, I will be generous <laughs> and won't call them what I think of them. Uh, um, practitioners at the at the local hospital says, nah, you just sprained it. There's nothing wrong." Did they X-ray it? They did, and that's but that's a part of my my whole body is I'm. It's very difficult to see things that go wrong. Oh, two wow. weeks. Two weeks later. Oh no! I got an MRI. And oh, it wow. showed that I had broken bones in my wrist. Oh my gosh. No well, way. my whole, and, and what it never did get taken care of is I have rotator cuff problems oh, in I my know. right shoulder. So for months, not only could I not walk, but I couldn't use my right arm. It oh my gosh. Yeah. Was, you know, all this. I had to learn how to use Dragon. Yes. Dragon, naturally speaking, that's what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And it yeah. is an absolutely incredible piece of software, but I also paid $500 for it, which a lot of people can't afford. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've recently found that Google has a program. Yes. Office 365 has yes. a transcription program. Yes. Yes. And it's free. And Isn't it's it free? free? It's free. And you know what? I think for some people on some computers, Google Docs also, if you just look for a little icon of a microphone and you, you click on that, you can do it on Google Docs. I talk, I use my notes on my iPhone. If you just, you know how you can open up Notepad, it's like a yellow lined, it looks like a little yellow lined paper. And then you click on the microphone there and you can speak it to your phone. And yeah, there's many ways. And then you can just email that to yourself. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people say, well, how do I get it out of my phone? You know, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. All those free ones. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. And my, I started out my business years and years and years ago being a brick and mortar 
what's now called a virtual assistant business. We were administrative assistants. Oh, great. People came to us. Well, I made my living transcribing. Oh, really? Yeah, that's <laughs> and, great. And I was to the point where I was charging $70 an hour. That's great. Description. I, it was great, but then I had problems with my hand. But people don't pay that anymore. There's, there's a program out there that's called Otter. That okay. gives you like six, oh, yeah. six hours a month yeah. of free transcription service. Amazing. You know, Temi is like... Temi is good. Temi is like a, a dollar a minute or something like that. And, I, know, I think it's a penny a minute. Temi is cheaper than Rev. Rev. Temi's like the little sister of Rev.com. But. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, not to not to confu- not to overload your listeners <laughs> with all these things, but it can be done very easily. It can be, you know. So guys, take notes of these things because you know that's that's what we talk about on this podcast is the tools mm-hmm. is the, and how to make things easier yeah how to make things easier is the the structure of things so yeah uh, you know i think we've gotten an awful lot of really really good information in a very short amount of time but suzanne what have we not talked about oh my share? goodness well how many hours do you have <laughs> Go for a while. <laughs> um, I think the most there's two things I want to I always want to share about writing a book. One is that uh, it doesn't have to take five years. You can do it fairly quickly once you know what you want. And the other thing is, everything you need is already inside of you. It's like what you said about buying a course and then going, "Oh, I actually already knew all this." So don't be afraid to trust yourself and to think. I have a unique gift that I want to share with the world. And, and if you are a business person, which hopefully you are listening to this business podcast, um, people choose you for a reason. They choose to work with you. They could, they could choose anybody else, but they choose you. You've got that something that people love. And so to be able to share what that is and to put stories in your book about the transformation that occurs for your clients as a result of working with you, you put that in your book and you think about the reader. What do I want to share with the reader? Don't make it all about yourself. What do I want to share with the reader? Then you will be able to write a really good, solid, and attractive book. I love it. I love it. Wonderful. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Suzanne, thank you so much for sharing your wonderful words of wisdom. Thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Well, I hope everybody was able to get some information that they can use. You said you were going to share with us a a coupon. Yes. I will. Once I get that, I will put that out on my show notes. And, you know, everybody, if you have questions, please write them down. Put them in the comment section of the podcast. Yes. Podcasts air every week, Thursday evenings at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Okay. And we love to hear from great speakers. If you have any thoughts on topics, share them with us, please. Get a hold of Suzanne. How can they get a hold of you? Well, first of all, I'm the only person in the world with the name Suzanne Doyle Ingram. Thank goodness. Um, so they can Google my name and uh, if they if they, they 
want to go to my website, it's prominencepublishing.com. And I was going to say too, I have a free course on how to write a book in 30 days. So if they want to kick in the butt and they want to try to, uh, look into that. That's at prominencepublishing.com slash free. So I'll give you that link as well. But one of the best ways to connect with me is Facebook. I have about 13,000 people following me on my business page, which is Suzanne Doyle Ingram Biz. And I do lots of free training on books and writing and everything on there. So uh, there's lots of ways to connect with me, but I hope that they do. And I hope so too. Guys, you heard it here and reach out i know that she would love to hear from you and will be able to help you and so until next time y'all get out there be productive and soar higher take care and we'll talk again soon bye-bye everybody